0: Hey everyone! Thanks for listening to Chief Chat. This is the premiere episode of our podcast where we talk to current and former editors in chief of college newspapers. I'm one of your hosts, Matt Petrus.
1: And I'm your other host, Ian Olman. And this is
0: their producer, Alex Papajack.
1: This is our first ever episode. Um, we're going to be sitting down with John Andriasi, who served as the editor in chief of the Globe at Point Park University in 2014. Uh, he's a pretty good friend of ours, and has since moved into the world of, rather uh, the professional world of journalism.
0: We're going to talk about the real definition of fake news, his trials and triumphs during his tenure at the Globe, and the role of social media in reporting. All right, here we go. Uh, Episode one of Chief Chat. Let's roll it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Chief Chat, a podcast dedicated to talking journalism and whatever else with current and former college newspaper editor-in-chiefs. Today we are beginning this venture by talking with a friend, John Andreasi. I'm one of your hosts, Matt Petrus.
1: And this is Ian Oldman. Um We're kicking this episode off with somebody we have a personal connection with. Uh, John served as the Editor-in-Chief for Point Park University's school paper, The Globe, in 2014, and currently works as a reporter for The Leader Times in Catanning, Pennsylvania. Uh, welcome to the show, John. How are you doing?
2: I'm good. I um, thank uh, both of you for having me on here. I really
0: appreciate the invitation
1: yeah we had to get it be able to start off with a real a-list celebrity uh, right off the yeah front, yeah you day. uh
0: before we recorded john reminded us there's a lot of pull at point park university this, he shows this, up and everyone's like oh my god this, he's here this is this is untrue i show up and everyone's
2: like who's this guy
0: well maybe that's a good thing you're like that that secret spy reporter who gets people when they least expect it um, i guess i guess you could say that okay Okay, John. So um, hopefully your tenure as editor in chief of the Globe hasn't been too far off that you sort of uh, remember what happened. <laughs> Do you remember what happened in 2014? Uh, I remember a couple things. Yeah. Um, I remember things that um,
2: I, I think uh, made me. I think I'm a lot better for having been editor in chief, and I think the things you remember most <laughs> really are the mistakes, um, which in my time there were a lot of. Uh, misspelled headlines on
0: the front page that was one of your um that, one of your your most uh that's what people associate with you most sometimes <laughs> this is, this is, like i know that your uh uh your girlfriend loves bringing that up too
2: yeah 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 no she does <laughs> uh <laughs> but no um i i think mistakes though were always the best uh the best learning
0: experience right. Um, and so, yeah, just so everyone knows, uh, so Ian and I um, have worked as uh, editors for uh, Point Park's uh, school paper, The Globe, and uh, at least I still continue to write for them. Uh, I did have a professional relationship with John back in 2014, and uh, we have been uh, friends the past few years. Um, so this is sort of a, um, it's sort of like a more comfortable startup to this sort of thing, is talking to somebody that we have this sort of relationship to. And I think that also just sort of creates a, a unique and interesting conversation from that sort of perspective. Um, so when you're
1: uh, when you're editor of the Globe, you're that was still when you only had one semester to run the the paper, right? Yeah,
2: correct. I was I was the last editor to only serve a, a one semester term. I was the editor elect in the spring of 2014, and then became the chief in the, that fall. Um, and then uh, Kristen Snappa, uh, my girlfriend, she when she took over, she was asked to uh, stay on um, another semester because she was much better than I was. <laughs> and she, and she was the first one to serve a full year as chief.
1: So yeah, like when you only have the one semester, um, does that sort of sort of just push the minutia up to the top? You really don't have a lot of time to make like fundamental differences in the philosophy of the paper. Yeah, because it
2: really, is, especially in your first, um, when you're, you're getting out your first couple issues, you really you already have. Because when I was doing it, it was um it was a tabloid format. I know now it's broadsheet um and only had one semester and I, I was fine uh with the tabloid format when i did it but um yeah you don't there isn't as much time to make plans for when you have a whole year i think there's definitely a lot more time now for chiefs to
0: push the paper in the direction that they that they envision it yeah so what did you think of that, of that tabloid uh setup for, I mean, explain to people what that is too i liked it know.
2: well well Tabloid, you know, broadsheet just like your typical newspaper, you know, above the fold, below the fold. T- tabloid is just um sort of like a magazine. Yeah, it's sort of like, like a, a magazine square but magazine. a Yeah, yeah, basically. Like tabloid like is c- a very loaded the, word. The city paper, <laughs> yeah, it's not tabloid like it's a like it's a gossip magazine. Right. It's tabloid like the city paper <laughs> is a tabloid format and the post broadsheet.
1: I think uh Pitt News also runs as a uh, tabloid Does for, it? Yeah. yeah.
0: Pitt News is also is also a daily. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um so uh, yeah, I, I mean, I always thought that there were benefits and downfalls to the tabloids. It depends. I, mean, I liked and, it a lot because, I mean, personally, like as a reader of newspapers, I hate the the act of holding a ta- uh, blowhole. Yeah, the tabloids broad. a lot. Tabloids a lot easier, I think.
2: To maybe hold. To, to yeah to hold and read, but I mean, broadsheets a lot more a lot more classic. I think that's why a lot of students like the especially working on that kind of newspaper because it's the newspaper you you grow up with that in your house, and when you go to journalism school, it's sort of nice to have that that classic newspaper feel.
1: I do like that uh, especially on the bus I like the broadsheet because if you just like Mm -hmm. hold it out like a shield it really uh, discourages people from sitting (laughs) next to you like it's just like such a large (laughs) weapon almost that you just have it and do people yeah. hear that like crinkling it, they're it, like I'm it, not it, sitting it, down there it's a
2: great way to expand your personal bubble yes well, see, I think this just
0: might, this might sort of characterize the sort of differences in social anxiety between Ian and I because <laughs> I hold that I'm just like wow everybody is looking at me right now and like the, like the, the, the time at which I'm holding this paper open is a directly proportional to like the decline of journalism is somebody looking at me reading one of these newspapers on a on a bus like i'm holding like again like two no, shields Matt, like pl- pasted together Yeah, Matt, Matt, they're
2: they're looking at you and they're thinking that is a guy who is informed and tuned into the world and and cares what's going on exactly so i don't think
0: that's true no 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 hey um but, yeah, um, so other than um, you remember that we had a, a tabloid set up, what else uh, do you sort of remember? What do you What do you sort of um, – when I tell you to sort of remember uh, your tenure as the editor-in-chief, is there something that comes to mind first? Um, th- there's a couple
2: things. I think – and like I said before, I, I do remember a lot of the um, – working through a lot of uh, frustrations and, and, and setbacks um, – because I remember when I started um our actually the website went down because the company that th- they had hosted the website with got was sold to another company so the website was down that was like the first thing I had to deal with was you know, the website was out and they brought it back up but um all of the con years years of content just were gone um I had students who um well previous students uh, alumni who, who were contacting me who had graduated like four or five years before me asking like well I was just wondering like if I could get some of my stories I need it for you know portfolio or whatever and I was I I'm sorry but it's just and I and I had to and that my first couple of weeks were spent just working to get as much of our archived stories back as we could um and then I didn't have a <laughs> I didn't have a business manager either for most of my semester towards the
0: end I I had one but for, was that seen as like a like was there an expectation to have a business manager back then for the school paper?
2: Yeah. No, we had a business manager because we had to sell ads. That yeah. was
0: how much, but we never
2: the only ad we ever had was the was the R&B's ad for most of the semester because um though that that's we get they give us that and uh they also give us free pizza for running their ad. And that's just sort of a deal, but um but no we didn't have a business manager, so we like didn't have ads, so we also had a ton more space to fill all the time <laughs> because we didn't have ads which meant uh running a lot of like, like photo essays and things like that. And I, we did get a business manager towards the, uh, finally got one towards the end of the um, semester and it, it sort of helped in the last couple of issues. But so, and that's what I remember. <laughs> I remember things like that, the things that, that I had to sort of overcome uh, to put the paper out.
0: Do you think that there's sort of a, um, a disconnect between sort of people who are involved in the editorial side of these things and the business side of these things? <laughs>
2: Yes, it um, definitely is.
0: Uh, know, and is to... that a bad thing? Because I mean, some um, people might say that you know, like that's well, a good it, thing. It, it is a
2: good thing because there shouldn't be too much involvement between what you know your advertising, the advertising part is doing, what the editorial staff is doing. There shouldn't be much of a mixture there, because that's when you run into conflicts and, and issues. When you know, advertising says, "Well, they want you to do a story because." They're running an ad or something, and then that's not super kosher,
0: right? Have you heard of those? Like, I know that BuzzFeed like really blurs the line on like the way they do their advertisements a lot of the time. Like, BuzzFeed though,
2: but BuzzFeed makes pretty clear what yeah. is sponsored, and that's a, It's always about making it clear that it's sponsored content. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of newspapers now do their those um, advertorials that are um.
0: Yeah, for those th- that don't th- know, th- like uh, like BuzzFeed will actually do articles. I remember the the one I remember is that during the um. It was the general election, as opposed to the primaries. There was so Buzzfeed oftentimes does these articles where it's like, um, you know, do this quiz and find out how you how much how many things you got right, and it'll tell you the right answers. And they did one of these articles that was a paid ad by the Hillary Clinton campaign that was basically, um, you know, who said this was it Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump? And they were all super positive things, and the point was that obviously, yeah. Hillary Clinton
2: I think that's a things. little. I think I think during elections, I mean, and I think um, I know. Everyone has their own opinion on BuzzFeed, (laughs) but but (laughs) over this, uh, I think over, especially past this past election season, I think BuzzFeed, um, established itself a lot more as a serious outlet, uh, for news and journalism. And I mean, they do a lot of the sponsored content and the stupid GIF, um, (laughs) articles and clickbait stuff, um so i mean that's a big revenue stream for them and it allows them to do the more substantial journalism and i definitely had my share of disagreements with how uh they have approached some things but i think that um they did do a lot of good that um actually cnn scooped up a bunch of buzzfeed reporters during the election because they
1: were doing such good work so well so at a college newspaper, did you ever consider that? Did you ever consider um, sort of diluting your online content to push the the print form? Um, it, we didn't do... When I was chief, I didn't
2: focus much on... There just wasn't a lot of time for me to, like, make a big push into um, the website or whatever. And also, I was dealing with the first couple weeks. There wasn't even a website to speak of. Um, so, I definitely focused more on, on the print product. Um, and... and it sort of was it was something I never got to do and something I regretted that I didn't push more into our, our social media um, and, and online uh, formats and that sort of and I know that now uh, you guys do a much better job with that and it's it's great to see because I still follow the globe on Twitter and everything and you guys went to the inauguration and I mean it was great you guys were going live on Facebook and whatever and it was that, that's the kind of thing that I wish that I could have
0: been able to do more mm-hmm um, yeah. And so I know that I remember, uh, being at the, the globe, um, maybe a year ago and there was, so the globe, uh, like most newspapers, they do a, a sort of editorial opinion uh, that's the, supposed to be the the reflective opinion of the editorial staff. And there was an article that was on like the sort of like. BuzzFeed style stuff and like we sort of made it localized like like the Odyssey which is like college students and mm-hmm. those sorts of things mm-hmm. and uh, I remember there was a lot of like our um, <laughs> partly because of me my putting my perspective there's a lot of arguing back and forth in terms of what exactly that opinion should be um, I think what we all sort of came to the consensus was that the globe and maybe school papers in general should sort of try to be something a little different than what, well, the BuzzFeed itself is something a little different from what uh, your standard school paper is or standard newspaper is, and that there's sort of a value in a newspaper being a newspaper and BuzzFeed being BuzzFeed, right? I mean, did you ever think about sort of taking cues from BuzzFeed at all, like on the online edition or anything like that?
2: No, honestly, it didn't really cross my mind. I was a lot more focused on on the content of, of the newspaper Um, I didn't think much about, and I think I, I had a different opinion of Buzzfeed back then too, a little, um, maybe snobby, uh, opinion of Buzzfeed back then that a lot of, um, that a lot of reporters and journalists
1: have. I remember that's a, that's a debate we had in the newsroom. Uh, it was at like one of the year end wrap up meetings and we were talking about, uh, should we put listicles in the paper? And that was uh, something you and I agreed on. I was like, no, absolutely not. The listicles deserve to be nowhere in a newspaper. Yeah, no, I uh, no, I agree. But I've actually you. seen I've actually seen it creeping into some print. Uh, I saw that the the Pitt News sort of did like a listicle on uh, what you missed in Obama's speech. And it made my skin crawl, but I also sort of get it. You know, well, that you need and, that readership. And also at my um,
2: uh, my job where I currently work uh, in, in um we did for for our New Year's we did. Um, we we didn't have our, like our new our special New Year's edition was mostly it was like top ten we did like a top ten local stories top ten state stories top ten uh, and like our so our front page was just recapping some of the biggest stories that we had like locally um which was just uh, some photos and stuff and I didn't think that was that big I mean also our newspaper has a very small staff and it was um it was just sort of it it wasn't that it was easy for us but it was um I didn't Think that, that that was a huge
1: problem doing something like that. Um, yeah, I always wonder but, if like if the lines are blurred for us because we're such nerds about editing and like journalistic mm-hmm. standards. I mean, because there's in a sense there's already listicles, uh, and forms and like food and mm-hmm. drink reviews. When you it's like uh you should go out to this bar in Lawrenceville to get this, and then like when you're done with that, go down and they'll be like in bold in the article. So like the only difference between that and the listicle, really, when it comes down to it, is that. It's like the headline isn't like seven places. You wouldn't believe you yeah, can go grab right. a vegan and, burger. And, you know? and
2: listicles also in listicles in the in the sense of BuzzFeed is like it's like numbered list, big picture or GIF and then like a couple sentences. And it's not really like substantive. I feel like if you're doing something like things you like you said, Pit News did things you missed in Obama's speech. It is a chance to, to pick it apart and you can delve deeper into it. Into like specific parts of the speech, maybe. I think that's a little different than what your tr- tr- your traditional listicle on um, on
0: Buzzfeed. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting because I mean, you know, there are some people who would probably argue like the artistic merits of a listicle, but we all know that I don't think is, <laughs> who would make that. Ar- who's making the someone, artistic it, argument it for ha- a listicle? It has to exist, but we all know that it's it's a it's a very cold. Unemotional business idea. Yeah. It's, oh, no. It's it purely like it, it,
2: it is honestly like for BuzzFeed, it is very cynical. Like, I think even for them, it's like we do this because it is a revenue stream because you click it and share on it, and people spot and we have sponsors who um, have us write different things like this, and that's how we make money and that's how we fund our actual like editorial team.
0: Yeah. Um, and, and I will say that, like, um, like, journalism was a very cynical
2: business, right?
0: Days. And like in, in in journalism talks, journalism ethics talks, it's usually like a, a big no no to how to sort of prioritize business over the actual reporting. But at the same time, like it's almost the case intrinsically that like if something's making more money, it's also reaching more people, right? And so I think mm-hmm. that's sort of the the mindset with with uh, with pit news with what you're saying, which is that it's it's um look, I mean, we could write an in depth news article about this but more people are going to read this listicle that we write and we think that this information is important and so it's going to reach more people. And also
2: when you're a student and I mean you could write like a hard news thing about Obama's speech but it's also like you're know, you a student journalist you don't really have access to like political pundits or insiders who are going to offer you insight so approaching it that way might be um, a better way for you as a student to work through it and for your readers
1: and you're also battling just social media at that point mm-hmm. as well because it might be a story that people have read ten thousand times already
2: yeah yeah they've seen like the, yeah by the time it comes out in, this, in the school newspaper everyone's either they've watched it on youtube or they've seen whatever on their twitter or facebook feeds but like when you have a chance like well here's what maybe you missed because you probably only saw like the highlights or something because you didn't sit down and watch it maybe Mm -hmm. yeah I mean
0: I think that what all these conversations usually boil down to when you're dealing with reasonable rational people is that BuzzFeed does BuzzFeed things New York Times does New York Times things USA Today does USA Today things and all these things are valid in their own ways and they mm -hmm. can sort of coexist and even sort of even work off of each other in certain ways and that it's uh, you know it's, it's, it's good we can have a conversation about what each thing should be but at the same time everything you know there should be multiple types of things different people doing different things and
2: yeah yeah i mean i mean two journalists i think are almost never going to purely agree on on philosophy of journalism and how you should do something um like i've said like i've disagreed with how buzzfeed has handled some stories um and it's just and it's a different perspective and sometimes like i see where they're coming from and i understand like their point of view but it's like for me, it's like I don't think that that's how you should have approached that or how you should have handled that. But
0: okay. Well, so as lovely as this tangent is about uh, Buzzfeed and journalism ethics, um, I want to get back more to um, sort of discussing a um, just sort of getting to know more and more about like what it was what it was like just just being the editor in chief for you back in uh, two thousand and fourteen. So like, what were some of the um, challenges that you ran into what was something that was constantly week in week out it's like I don't know exactly what I'm doing here and like what were problems that came up and things like um
2: big problem was I mean content having enough of it um that was a constant struggle especially like I said we didn't have any ads filling all that all that all the space we had um and also I think for me Uh, stepping into it was really my first you know managerial type role I ever had Um, and it was always um, me wanting to make sure that I had the respect of uh, my staff Um, so it's always um, because you know I've seen what it's like when uh, you know maybe the the staff doesn't always respect management and I think it makes a much harder working environment I mean obviously but so uh, those were the things sort of week to week like making sure that approaching everything with a level head um hearing people out um
0: yeah, in terms of getting content, I mean, did you find that it was the um, sort of the same individuals who were always feeding you content, and if that individual didn't feel like doing something that week, then that week was going to be a problem for you guys?
2: Yeah, and, and I mean, and we relied a lot um, on students who needed to get things published for classes, right? As well, um, and that's something. And that's something I think since I've left that you guys have been able to. Maybe and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you guys could correct me on this, but I feel like it is. You're the Globe's a lot less dependent on uh, people publishing stuff for classes, and it's a, it seems a lot more staff writers
0: are writing. Or hey, I, 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 am I, am I what, wrong on that? At, at a baseline level, what I, you're describing, the team seems like at least partially. Um, I've
2: seen a lot. <laughs> I've just seen, like I said, I, I still follow the Globe on, on Twitter and everything, and see, and I think. Uh, I mean, you guys have done some great reporting, um, reporting that I wish I would have done when, (laughs) when I was chief.
1: Um, so, well, so uh, like how, uh, how do you push outside of the, I think the problem with content particularly for point park university is that it is a small campus. mm -hmm. There's not a whole lot (laughs) going on.
2: It's, it's making sure that everything you write, that it is, um, it's relative to, um, to students and faculty that, that, they can say like, why does this matter to me as a student? You know, why does this matter to me as a student on this campus? I mean, maybe there's something that affects, you know, students, no matter where you're a student or faculty, no matter where you you teach. But, um, and that's the thing is always making sure cause you know, you have people come to you and say, well, I want to do this and this. And you're like, well, what's the, what's the angle? What, why would this be important for, cause you have to consider your audience. That why is, it, why is it important to the people who are going to be reading it, which is people on campus, which is students, faculty, and you know someone stumbles into R and B's pizza, picks up a copy, might
0: not know what it is. Uh, John, do you want to tell the 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 story of the of a, of a young fledgling freshman reporter, Matt Petrus, trying to write his first Globe article and understanding the Point Park hook to it? Do you remember what I'm talking about? You wanted to write a story. About a comic book shop, correct? The uh, a little hobby shop nearby. Oh,
2: you're such a nerd. Exactly. You you. That's right. That was you.
0: It was me. That was you. It was me who requested a, a personal phone conversation with the editor in chief to really nail down what was happening here, because I thought this was ridiculous. I'm sorry. Um. <laughs> and you know, and thinking back, I think
2: I was wrong, and you were right. Oh, great! I was gonna <laughs> say just the validation
1: he needed. <laughs> I, 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 all
0: right, <laughs> I was we, wrong.
2: I I shouldn't, I shouldn't have been such a
0: I, I, I had a I had a stick stick up my bum about it. I shouldn't. Well, have I see I I was going to say the opposite that you were right, but I think what happened was just miscommunication. I but think was, I think I
2: think the thing.
0: Well, hey, well, I think we should expand this conversation so that people can understand exactly what we're talking about, because right now it's sort of you know, what happened was, um, so Point Parks paper of the globe. They prefer to publish stories that have a, a, a really rational Point Park hook. It's not enough that it's something just happening downtown, you have to relate it to Point Park. Maybe Point Park student shops at this shop that you're writing about, Case in Point. my only what The issue I ran into is, now, I wrote about a hobby shop that was across the street, essentially, from Point Park, or a couple blocks down from Point Park. And in my mind, that was enough. Uh, my beef was that it wasn't communicated to me that I had to like actually like interview Point Park students or whatever. And uh, like a day before publication, well, it was like a day before publication I would have happened, I think. They were like, yeah, we're not gonna use your article for these reasons, that And I was like, this is ridiculous. I want to talk to the editor-in-chief. Who is this John Andreasi guy? I'm gonna give him a piece of my mind. And we had a civilized conversation. We worked it out and my article got in there next week. And the person who critiques the paper uh, said that I was one of the one of the best writers that week. I got what she calls the Globe Star, and I was like, you know what? John wrote something that week, and he didn't get Globe Star, <laughs> so he was wrong all along. And I knew exactly what I was doing. And there was this, sort of like this this unspoken adversarial relationship between the two of us. I think
2: was there? Oh, there was.
0: No, there might have been. Um, I don't know
2: if there was. I wasn't aware of it. Exactly.
0: <laughs> um, but now it's all worked out. John admitted I was right. We um, can all move on. I think I think what we've got <laughs> if I close. remember
2: your original article, really only you talked to the owner. Um,
0: I talked to two just customers. Yeah, and, point and we, customers. We, yeah, we
2: wanted, and I think what I wanted from my point of view is like, I want. Well, can you talk to the students who use this, right. not just people inside the, the? And that was my perspective on it. Right. Um, but it being a, a, a comic book shop. Uh, which hey, if I didn't give you that advice, maybe Amy wouldn't have given you the the, the start. Exactly. So, um, maybe I was right.
1: I think that's a that's a really hard line to draw in the sand is uh, determining like what part uh, or what what community news. What makes it relevant? Yeah, isn't as is, is, is it relevant? Be,
2: is it relevant because it's a block away from campus, or is it relevant because a lot of students go there and it's a and it's a place for students who like whatever whatever they're into, um, like hobby wise. Um, if if a lot of students who are like cause, you know there's a lot of clubs that relate to that like do they use that place do they um, so uh, it, yeah there there is i think a distinction you have to you have to make and it, it is um i mean it's an editorial decision i think it's going to be at the discretion of whoever
0: is whoever's in charge yeah. i remember what you told me at the time was that i mean the way the sort of kicker to my story the end of the story was uh, the owner of the store saying this store has been kept afloat by students at Point Park University and I remember what you said to me it was well there's your story uh, your story is that Your sh- that, that, that isn't your kicker that's your lead um, and that's totally reasonable um, that was and good that's, advice I don't remember that, <laughs> <laughs> that was good yeah. advice you know what Matt I think I was right uh, I love having these arguments where you're just arguing for the other side and then that other side is arguing for your it's great yeah and then, and then you and then you both you both, you both feel like a. No, I can't say that. <laughs> you see, wouldn't have, wouldn't the presidential election have gone so much better if Hillary Clinton was like charged with making the case for the wall, and Trump had to talk about like free education for? Ar- everybody?
2: Argue each other's positions exactly. for twenty minutes. Like, you know what? I think you. This
0: whole time, I think, Donald. I think it'd just be. it <laughs> would have just been awkward for all of us, and no one, would, no one would have been happy. Right. Um, but yeah, this is an issue that. Our paper still has day in day out of what makes a story relevant to a Point Park audience. I mean, Ian, I've had lots of discussions about, um, you know, what, how much of a Point Park angle do we have to have, how how relevant does the paper to be? And I think that another thing that this comes into is that, you know, p- school newspapers, and this is something that like different professors sort of put their different perspectives on this, and I think it's sort of really relevant to this conversation. It sort of changes the topic a little bit which is that you know, college newspapers, I think, sort of serve two purposes. It serves the purpose of putting out a product that people want to read. And it also serves the purpose of letting the students who contribute to it have a portfolio of work and to get experience, and it's for them. So that while inauguration coverage in Point Park School paper isn't super-duper relevant to an audience because The Washington Post and New York Times already did it at the same time, it's giving these these students really valuable experience in covering these sorts of things. It gives them great stuff for their portfolio.
2: And, it, and you know what? It, it it's relevant to because things like that matter to everyone, no yeah. matter who you. It doesn't. It, it is relevant to you as someone who lives in this country whether whether you're a student or a teacher or whoever. It's it's relevant to you. So for you guys to go out and do that. Um, and and do it from the perspective of students of student journalists, and give that to your classmates. I think that that's. I don't think that there's a case like, well, um, the the inauguration of the president isn't relevant isn't relevant to students or Point Park. Well, yeah, it's relevant to, to to all of us, to everyone, right? No matter who you are. So, and and like you said, it is. It's a great training ground for you guys to go out and do that. That is fantastic field experience that, I mean, and for the school to let you to provide, I don't know how the school helped you with it, but I assume they provided transportation at least and whatever. But um, so, yeah, I think when it comes to that, it's um, it's a great place for you to learn, for you to do things on your own outside of the classroom, you know, not necessarily under um, the direction of any teachers, just using your skills and your knowledge and making them better. Um, I mean, because it's also the the place to make mistakes. Um, because if you're gonna make mistakes, <laughs> excuse me. What I'm trying to say here is, um, no, it makes sense. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a place to make mistakes because you're you're still. I mean, you're you're. I mean, you're still sort of in training. So. It's a place that if you're gonna if you're gonna mess up the student newspaper is it's an okay place to mess up because I mean unless you do something you know is like really really just outside the lines like plagiarism or just fabricating quotes or something right. like that but I mean it's a place where you you do something you make mistakes and whoever is um, whoever the advisor is or whoever you know your professors or even your editor uh, your editors can say. Um, you should have done this or your story should have had this um, and you know get criticism get feedback and then you know it it makes you a better journalist and it prepares you to know that when you're out there outside of school um, not to do that again
1: (laughs) well so yeah um, that is interesting because it is like a training ground but also uh, I've always wondered about, like, how you maintained your relationship with, like, the writers on the staff and the editors because, uh, I mean, you have professional experience now. You're the editor. You're supposed to, you know, crack the whip on people. But for the most part, like, these people are your friends. They're fellow students. They're people within your major. So how, you know, how, was, yeah, that, did that, was that ever a problem yeah, for you? Th- th-
2: that's the thing is uh, not getting a big head or an ego about it. Yeah, I'm the I'm, I'm the boss I'm in charge but and I look at the staff and I'm like, you guys are all my age you're my classmates I'm not better than you um, it's just you know I I have this role and like yeah it, it is my job to, to make sure that the, the ship is on course and we're putting out content we're putting out a, a paper every week um, so yeah I mean you do have to come down and you have to say hey where's this where's that um, have you talked to your writers um, and do that, and make sure that the, all the parts are moving, but also, you know, not acting like I am, um, not being a tyrant, basically. Um, and you're just remembering like, these are your classmates, these are your students. They're not, um, they're not your employees. They're not your. I mean, at least that's how I viewed it. I didn't view. I mean, yeah, it's my staff. It's they technically work under me, but um, I didn't view myself as above them or better than them because of my title yeah we were all students we're all kids who are just trying to um, learn and get better at what we want to do yeah the other side of that though and and everyone has to help each
0: other do that right the other side of that though is when your friend Billy or whatever is Billy is uh, your friend Billy. I Just always your use neighborhood friend Billy. I always use Billy and Sally for generic names um, because what is no this, the 1950s. Because, well, we that, no, but that's the entire point is that I'm confident there is no one who worked at the Globe yeah. during John's tenure named Billy. And n- so no, there, was, there, wasn't, name. there wasn't anyone named Billy actually. Exactly. So, <laughs> but I, I know where you're going. What, what, if he does, if, if Billy messes up and you're great friends with him and, and you, you have to tell him that he's messing up. how do you, how do, you do that?
2: I mean, you're honest. You're just honest you have to you, I mean you have to be realistic with people you have to be honest with people and you can't give people special treatment uh, that's I mean that's another thing is I like I'm saying that um you know not if you it's also yeah not giving people special treatment and being fair so
1: uh, that's 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 my view on that I think that's something you and I honestly struggled a little bit with I think uh, the two of us uh, Matt and I when we were at news editors we sort of did disconnect ourselves a lot from like our relationship with the other students or at least with some of the writers i remember just because it was like all right well, you got a job to get done here um you gotta you gotta write this stuff out uh, and just sort of forgetting that man like people are under so much stress in college already that they don't want to hear a news editor being like yeah you gotta get your stuff done like right. tonight
0: right there is just sort of this this disconnect of you know ian and i have a certain position and we have a certain skill set and a certain set of experience. And so certain things are going to make sense to us and those things aren't going to make sense to other people and there's things that they're going to do that aren't going to make sense to us. And so it just it's always important to sort of find a level of empathy there, but then it's also important to have a level of yeah. cracking the whip and making sure that you your product turns out well. Because, yeah. look, I mean, you could be empathetic and nice all day, but if your paper has, you know, five inches of white space because someone didn't get their story done, that's that's an issue.
2: Yeah, well, and also, I mean, yeah, you, you, I understand being like, okay, like, yeah, you're a student, you're busy, we're all busy, but, you know, when a student shows up at that pitch meeting and says... I'll do this story, and you, and they talk to the editors, and I mean, there's an agreement. There's okay, you you have this story, it has to be in um, at this time, by the, on this day, uh, has to be this long. You have to have this many sources, and and there, and there's an agreement. There's a guideline. You sign a slip saying this is what I'm gonna do, and there's that agreement. And then when you know you're up the night against the deadline, and you ask, well, how are you doing with that, and they're like. Uh well I only have like one interview, I haven't written anything and it's I mean you sort of have to be like well you agreed to to do this. Uh as much as like I like, I understand you're a student, I understand but but you made an agreement. Um so it, it, you have to you have to balance that. You have to balance it. and if they ask you and if it's like 3 days away from the deadline and they're like um I'm hitting this problem. This person won't get back to me. This person won't talk to me. Um, Hitting a lot of things. And you can have that conversation where you're just like, okay, don't worry about getting in. And we said you can take another day or take until, you know what? We don't start editing stories until Sunday night. If you need to take till Sunday night, take till Sunday night. But don't just um, blow us off.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think that it, is, it gets to like a core issue that we're always going to talk about with college newspapers, where you just, you have to be cognizant of the limits of a college newspaper. You have to be cognizant of the fact that it is student run, and students have particular issues that uh, that writers for the New York Times aren't going to have, and that overall, like our paper is not obviously going to have the reach of the New York Times. It's not going to have the access that yeah. the New York yeah, Times. Yeah, exactly. There's
2: a lot of people, especially when you call them outside of the campus, um, and they're like who are you and why should I talk to you? Why (laughs) when you're trying to do you know, you need outside sources. Like I don't care. You know, it's not like, yeah, someone from the New York times called, they're going to, you know, they'll chirp, but, um, but that's, yeah, very different worlds that we're operating from. Uh, but I mean, also, I mean, you have trouble with, you know, there's some, there's some people in the university community, you know, employees, faculty, whatever you call and they don't have a positive view of of the globe or certain newspaper and you hit and you hit walls um so i mean there there's barriers um everywhere and if you're a writer that you have to communicate that with your editor because if you're hitting walls even with people like inside that's something they can help you with or that's something you can you can work through and you can even set something up to to sort of figure out
0: you know what what the problem is what the deal is and and get it resolved um what were some of the most uh, controversial articles that were run when you were editor chief? Now I have one here. There's, there's one I want to talk about. There's, I there's if one if th- you had to be thinking of the same one, but go ahead. Uh, the 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 uh, Facebook post. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So go posts. ahead and, and tell people because you did you wrote the story on this. So go ahead <sighs> and, um, and uh, yeah. explain what it was and how you reported it, and most importantly, what the response was once that was published.
2: Um. Okay, Uh, I don't want to name, I'm not going to name any names. I'm not going to talk about anyone personally. Um, uh, There was a member of student government, USG, uh, who, uh, she shared a a post on Facebook, and the post was basically saying that uh, that women who uh, are scantily clad and are sexually assaulted, basically, they're asking for it. Um, right. And there was someone else on campus who saw it and very much objected to it because this person who's on USG was also part of student life. Um, so, you know, they're. That's the,
0: that's, the, that's the part of the university that uh, many students who were a Are, victim of some sort of assault, sexual assault, would go to student would life. Go to, student life to, 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 the,
2: to their RAs who, who work for student life. Right. If they're
0: not comfortable going directly to the police, which many women who. And men, people who have those sort of uh those things happen to them, they're not really kept going to police. Yeah.
2: So it became uh there was a petition made uh to have her removed from her positions. Uh I wrote the article, I, I talked to, you know, both parties involved. Um it ran. I tried to strike um a balance show. Um not not tried to not uh, take sides. not to demonize anyone in particular just say this is what happened these are the people involved and and, and not be and I mean there was also um uh, an editorial that was written because I think a lot of people on the staff had strong opinions on what was happening there's right a, and I remember I, that, I, I, re- get to that little re- I recused myself from from being involved in signing that or whatever but yeah that's a whole other thing um, that's also really the 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 response uh to that was that um, well (laughs) it depends who you talk to Uh, if you talk to usg um and and a lot of people over in that camp you know put the issue to rest people sort of it it went away if if you talk to to some people uh I, i was a monster uh but um, and I, I have regrets about about how it was handled. I don't really want to get it, into that. Um, I think if I wrote it now, I would have written it differently uh, a little bit. Um, I would have asked different questions. Um, and that's another thing that like I, I do have um, you know regrets about about how certain things like that were handled or could have been approached differently and and I, and I carry that with me when I'm uh, working in a, in a
0: professional setting. Right. I mean, I will say that, you know, getting back to young fledgling reporter, Matt Petras, freshman year, um, I was very impressed with the article. I thought you did a very good job. I thought you handled it very professionally and you sort of represented exactly what happened and sort of covered it in a way that um, sort of, you know, fully explored what was happening and gave everyone a chance to sort of defend themselves. Um, I don't want to get back to an argument again where I'm defending you and you're defending me, but... Um, Yeah, talk also about that that, that editorial, because I thought it was very interesting that the newspaper decided to also do an editorial on that.
2: Yeah, there were strong opinions on it, and newspapers do it. Newspapers... Write editorials. They take sides on 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 issues. I mean, newspapers endorse presidential candidates. It's right. not you know. It's not. I don't think it's weird for a newspaper to have an editorial on a controversial subject. And it was at that moment. It was I think the most controversial thing that was going on on Point Park's campus. People were talking about it. I mean, there was a US a member of USG who was potentially going to like lose all of her you know on campus positions and um. But basically. This petition, um, that was made when it was signed, uh, emails went to the USG member, and for a lot of people, and a lot of people, remember this. This is Point Park, a very liberal, um, you know, staff. Uh, pretty much everyone on the staff, very especially you know, when it comes to things like sexual assault. Um, and yes, I think my staff was very uh, appalled at our get or appalled at those kinds of messages i mean i was too personally i thought that i don't agree with what was shared on facebook in the slightest i thought i think that that's a gross um and destructive point of view but um and a lot for a lot of people that petition went too far and it was it was written and any members of the staff who who agreed signed their name to it um and, and said that it is really, that yes, this is an issue, but um, remember that this member of USG is one of our classmates, is is a fellow student, and she d- posted something that, that most of us disagree with, um, all of us, pretty much all of us disagreed with, um, but it isn't right that she has to wake up every morning and has all of these emails in her inbox saying that uh, people are signing this petition uh, that she is that she should be removed from all of her you know on-campus activities um, and I recused myself I mean I still caught flack because well it still ran in the newspaper I'm an editor of I had to approve it or whatever but right. I, I didn't you know I said you right you you guys say what you want to say um, and that's okay. I mean as a as a staff as an editorial staff it's um I mean I'm not going to I'm not going to stop you from from saying what you want to say. And I mean and, and there were just objections that um you know we were demonizing uh certain people um through that uh but uh I I don't think I don't I still agree with with running that with running with that um because it does, and sometimes you have to think that, I mean, through outrage and, and getting upset about things, we have to sometimes recognize um,
1: how people, how individuals can be affected by that. So can you actually walk me through the timeline of that? Like, when did you determine that a, like, a social media post became a story? When did you have to follow through with it, and, and who did you talk to? Um,
2: we realized, I mean, there was a post on Facebook. I think there was a post on Facebook uh person got upset about it and said something else on Facebook it was brought to my attention and I said okay this is a story and then there was the petition okay this is really a story
1: so the petition came after you decided to start looking yeah I, think, the I think I think
2: I think I think or around the same time I couldn't honestly it was it was two years ago um I, I'm not I'm not I couldn't say exactly when um but it, it was all around the same time period everything happened pretty fast um and then it was um, just a matter of of talking, of getting in
0: contact with all the parties involved. So, mm-hmm. and uh, just to catch people up, um, the the concern about um, this the the student in question, uh, the way that and you can correct me if I'm wrong, the way that the petition was set up was that each time someone signed it or you know digitally signed it, she got an email. Yeah, yeah, that's right? what I was
2: saying. That the the, the USG member. Got emails sent to her like whenever people signed, and I think it was like after so many emails, she only get emails for like every time like so many people signed or something. Right. But she still, she'd get, and, and there were a lot of members on USG who were just who were, ups, who, were li- who were livid about it that um, that this was going on that, that that this other student was having all these. I mean, they were upset. I mean, I went and I talked to a lot of the the um, the, the higher ranking members of USG, and I mean, they were upset for their fellow a USG member they were going through it and then, and they didn't necessarily agree with what she shared either, but she was also their friend and their classmate and their peer on USG.
0: Um, so in those sort of situations where you're dealing with like a, a controversial story and you're not exactly sure about like every which way to re- report it, who who do you go to in a situation? Do you go to professors? Do you go to your colleagues at the paper?
2: Your advisor. I mean, I mean, yeah, you seek advice. You, you talk with your staff because, like I said, uh, I didn't see myself as above my staff. I talk to them about how should we approach this? Uh, how should I? I'll write it. Um, whatever. But you know, I, I mean, I, I look for their input. You know, you talk to your the the newspaper advisor. Um, at that time was, was Amy Dorsten, who was wonderful. Um, but yeah, you just you seek advice from from where you can get it, and it
1: was. When it's when it, the newsroom is that small though, because it's was it the same size newsroom? I think there's like a dozen people in the editorial room at any
0: given point in time. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, so the editorial side of like like section editors has remained unchanged. I know that w- ever since Josh Krupp became editor in chief after your girlfriend was editor in chief for two semesters. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, uh He added a lot more copy editors and a lot more graphic designers. Well, so when it,
1: the room is that small, the um, Doesn't it just sort of run the potential for like a blood in the water, like sharks smell and blood in the water, not smell. Do Do you mean mean like
2: things like people who you might not want to be a part of conversations hearing things? Well, it just might
1: be like, it's a, almost like a boulder rolling down the hill that can't be stopped. So you, the input you're looking for from your staff might not be totally objective.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's true that it, it might not be, um, that's very true, especially when it's, when it's something that, you know, people have strong opinions on. Uh, absolutely, uh, but I think that my staff we were good at looking at it from uh, from a reporter's point of view, a journalistic point of view, um, a newspaper's point of view, uh, and not necessarily getting too many personal feelings
0: involved. Right. I mean, it's difficult because you have to remember that we're. Reporters were not public relations people, and just and its just an inevitable result that someone's going to get upset over yeah, some no, decision yeah, that's made, y- and it sucks, and it's terrible. You're never
2: going to make every person happy, and if someone, you tried to make everyone happy, someone, you're
0: actually not doing your job at all. Yes, yeah,
1: someone is going to hate your guts. Um, so, did you ever get any? This is something I've always uh, been curious about, particularly with this story. Do you ever get just any really great, juicy letters to the editor? <laughs> Um,
2: when I was chief, no, no, I, I, I don't recall getting anything too, uh, ridiculous. There were, when I was editor elect, uh, there, there were some contentious letter to the editors written because there was, uh, the big, um, that semester, the big issue was, uh, adjunct professors, uh, attempting to unionize. Okay. And we had, uh, and we had, one come in for one side and then a response to that letter um which fun that was that was when uh we we established uh no no pen names in uh in letters to the editor which i think is a standard rule at all newspapers but we let a pen name slide and, and i think we all agreed it was it was a mistake to do that but
0: um is there anything else you want to say about the, this oracle in particular? no we can we, we can move on from okay. it um so uh Cheering up the conversation, so. So what were what, what were sort of the things that you think y- 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 you did really well, or that generally the paper did really well during the time? What were the biggest success stories that happened?
2: Um, well, I think that story that we just were talking about. I think was, and like I said, I think there are things I would have. I mean, with me, I'm always you know more critical of my own work and my own things. Um, uh, it, 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 and I was I was happy for the resp- for how we handled that and everything but i really try to get us off topic
0: folks but, but oh, no i, I, <laughs> I, I but i'm saying
2: um it's hard for me to uh um heap praise upon uh <laughs> what i did because i'm just uh, very critical of my own work um and um i'm more proud of the work that that my staff did and and you know Working for me and and being helpful and being a great staff um, and putting out a paper every week um, and I think the Globe I think the Globe sort of might have had I don't know if it still does maybe a a, a reputation for for being clicky um, I don't know if that's still um, it's but, gotten better but. And yeah and that's, and I think when during my semester I think that we were pretty. Uh, welcoming of, of people who were nervous or not to make it feel like they were stepping into a club they weren't a part of. That like no, you can come here and you can write, copy edit, do whatever. Um, and I think that my my staff was really good about that of of making it uh, an environment where people were um, able able to come to and yeah. But I I, I can't because. And I'll be honest with you. Every time, every Wednesday, you know, I'd look at the newspaper. I'd, I'd notice something wrong immediately, and I'd say it's a piece of crap, and I wouldn't even read it. So um, it, it's hard. It, it's hard when you're in charge and it, and you're responsible for it, and it's and you, you notice everything. Um, and there, um, so it's hard for me to speak on exactly a, a, like what we what I did really well because I, I just have nothing but critical things to say of of what of my semester because i just always think about what i could have done better who
0: don't worry about it John. All right, I <laughs> <we're> <laughs> so, just let everyone know we're sort of recording in a fishbowl right now and so uh, occasionally we'll have people walk by on the street and sort of wave hi and uh friends of mine just decided to sort of uh bomb the show a little bit by saying hello we but can we can, ad- we can edit this part out
1: Yeah. Right uh, uh, <laughs> so oh wait. uh before we move on from it, you said that you uh, what you, you follow The Globe social media and you still keep up with it a lot. Yeah, have, I follow it on Twitter. So, like, what... Uh, on Twitter all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I
0: I have a life, folks. <laughs> yeah, I actually, lo- I actually
1: looked at your your, uh, your Twitter to do some R&D on this. I was like... Yeah, oh, God. It's you're just, stalking me. It's... it's like a million retweets, man. How do you have that much time oh, to retweet?
0: Yeah, are, you, are you okay, John?
1: No, I'm okay. I'm okay.
2: <laughs> uh, but yeah, so... I don't, I don't want to talk too much about, about about my own Twitter. I don't want to get too much into my own <laughs> no, 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 no. personal, personal, uh, you know, views or or, or whatever. Um, it well, it it depends on. I follow um, a lot of people, um, just journalists, reporters, political pundits. You know, all sides, whatever, all um, or or whatever. But I mean, it's just. I, I,
1: I have a lot of a lot of things. Every time I reload Twitter, I have a lot of things coming at me at once. Sure. Uh, so so, what have you seen uh, that the Globe has done in the two years? I guess now three years since um, you're editor in chief. Like a lot of mechanisms you've seen in the way yeah in, I in think the way it's I, grown?
2: I think I've seen it grow. It's it's a lot more active on social media. It's a lot better about pushing content out to people. It's uh I and I just see like some really great articles, some great reporting by you know all of you guys um that are sitting in this room, um. So, um, and I, and I've just seen, you know, I feel like I've sort of watched it grow into something better after I've moved on from it. Um, and even do things like, Oh, I wish I would have done. I wish I would have thought of that. Uh, <laughs> but,
0: um, do you want to give us some examples?
2: Um, well, I mean, uh, the inauguration stuff on it. I right. mean, I, that wasn't, it wasn't an election or anything, but this is the fact that you guys sort of, uh, you were out there you were out there for an event and you had reporters, you had photographers, and it wasn't like, oh, you're just doing it for a story. You're pushing stuff out to students while you're doing like you are working more as not as a newspaper, but as a news outlet, as a platform where you can get news. And I think that it's expanded a lot in that way. That it's you know, you don't have to wait for the globe to come on Wednesday, you just I'll follow it on Twitter and see what you guys are doing, see what stories you guys are working on and see what's going on. Uh and I think that that's a big improvement that's been made in the, in the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Do we, do we have, uh,
0: more, more, do we, do we have more? There's always more.
2: Yeah. I don't Or uh, do, do we have, I mean, outside of the, the globe or any,
0: well, first I want to ex- 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 what I did want to ask. Do you, do, you, do you ever miss the globe? John, do you ever want to come <laughs> back? Come back, John, <sighs> No, okay. <laughs> no I'll, I'll, <laughs> We don't. It doesn't pay very well. First of all, no, no it doesn't. And, and by that Pennies. we mean it, it. does not. Well, <laughs> chief, chief it does not. Chief, pay. Get, does chief not. gets
2: a. Chief gets a, a stipend, but. and
0: then editor elect <laughs> also does. Yeah, but more, but they're paltry. Yeah. animal
2: crackers. Yeah, you, know? it, if you if, if I worked out um, the hours I worked and how much I got paid it, it was it was change per yeah. hour
0: i think oh. i actually tried doing the math one time and it was like a couple dollars an hour if you really like did it depends i mean one. i put it on yeah, a...
1: your calculator caught on fire when you were <laughs> trying to
0: do that i remember that <laughs> uh
2: yeah so um do we do we want to keep talking about the globe or do, do we have uh do we want to talk about... well do
0: we have any more uh, do you have any burning questions Ian, or do you have anything that you think we missed Jonah? no
2: i know i think i i don't want to keep talking about about myself and and the globe um as much. Well, it, we, still did, about, we still need to talk I like, about. I feel like I've covered it all for you guys. We
0: still talk about John Andressi, Andreasi, the Catanning reporter.
1: Yes, we
2: do. Oh yeah, that is—that's a whole other you're thing. You're part of the media now. I am. That's, I'm part. You're I a
0: real journalism
1: now. I—I yeah. I, I guess you could say that. Um, maybe. Uh, what do you guys want to know? Well, I guess um, one of, something I've been wondering about uh, is your own personal views of the people's distrust of the media. I guess. I mean, that's a very uh, I thought I figured this would come up. I've thought about this. I mean, it's a, <laughs> it's, it's a huge narrative right um, now. It's, uh, um, I think not. I mean, not that you're part of like some, you know, international.
0: Okay. Well, news
2: here, well, here, I, I work for a local, a local newspaper yes. with a very small
0: subscriber. You know, it's it's, it's a small newspaper. Just we have explain to people like what we have, what, what your what the paper is, what your job is there, how you got that. Just explain we, Give people the general we, sort of rundown.
2: It's it's a small. I mean, I couldn't say what um how many people we we reach but I mean it's it's small Armstrong County is a small county that's what we cover um, I got the job just a couple of weeks after I graduated I had my resume out on Indeed things like that and I was reached out to by the publisher um, and I went in for an interview got the job started the next day uh, um, and
0: it, and how it, long after you graduated or uh, what was the distance between your graduation and getting hired like two weeks <sighs> See that's <laughs> congr- congratulations. <laughs> <man>. like, <laughs> like, honestly, like, like it was like two weeks. Yeah, because 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 people like me, who you know I'm a junior journalism major, I'm constantly looking at, at what my peers are doing because I'm terrified of making it. Yeah, in well, this hey, field. and I saw okay. you do that, and I'm it's like, hard. that's so, hey, I'm so happy look, for him. I got lucky. I mean, honestly, I feel like I mean,
2: it, it, I mean, it'll happen. I mean, you you put in the work, you, you have the experience, you have the the the, the portfolio be fine but um but no we we're small i have you know we have like three reporters um and an editor um i cover um you know a a few uh you know local like local governments i mean different you know council meetings uh school district meetings uh things like that and then also you know in between that writing a lot of you know feature stuff about what's going on in the community what events are coming up things like that and people really and before I get into distrust of the media when with the local newspaper people love their local newspaper in areas like that they love their local newspapers it's um I mean they, they I mean some of them rely on it. that's how they know what's going on uh, in there and, and they do and many of them do trust it, and they don't have the distrust that they might have of of the larger uh, national media. But, you know, it's local, they know it, I mean, and you get to know the people, and you get to know the community, it's a small community, you get to know people, and people know you. Um, So, I I don't think there's much of an issue with with trust in the media when you're working at such a local level. Um, But, on a national level, uh, do, do you want me to not get into that now, or do sh- keep talking
0: about well, what, I, I just, what I do with it in Catania? The, the the conversation about this from like a national level is so complicated because like the term fake news started off to mean a very specific thing, and then as the discourse continued, now that means it quickly. Well, things. that's the thing. Things come into with the way things work. Things quickly lose meaning.
2: Things quickly become. Uh, Like, the term fake news quickly became news I don't like. Exactly. Um, But, uh, and here, with this, it is true that there is an issue with people uh, distrusting the media. And um, I think the media currently has, and there was a lot of great journalism during the election, if you were, I mean, especially print, New York Times, Washington Post, doing excellent work all through the election. Um, and I think now, I mean, y- y- you have a presidential administration that has basically declared war on the media. And what I think the media has to do it has to, is get things right. Don't be hyperbolic. Be honest with people. And um, because i've seen it a lot in this past week and i think this feeds in to distrust of the media in this past week and this will lead into what i think it's important for for reporters to do is there have been things that that happened in in the past week and it's been a crazy week (laughs) um if you if you follow the news it it is it's a roller coaster um but there's but then there's some things there's some things that are legitimate that are um are, that are made a big deal and they need to be made a big deal and as a report and you can't not make it a big deal because whoever you're writing about doesn't you know wants you to shut up um, but there are things um, and if I use one example it was a couple of days ago I don't know if you guys saw there was a news that four um, people in senior management at the State Department resigned um, and that news broke I think early in the day um, and people were I mean, freaking out there's was, it was outrage it, it's a constant the news has almost become a constant outrage cycle um, and people are freaking out about and then and I and I tend to now like when I see a story and it's just like a headline and there's not much detail I wait I wait to get all the information before I before I make an emotional a bigger emotional reaction to how I feel about it um, but then and I wait a couple and then I saw that you know these people who left their political appointees of a previous administration not very not unprecedented not it's it's pretty normal for a new administration to ask for the resignation especially when it's a different party to ask for the resignation of um political appointees from the previous president um and then when i came out and it's like okay so this really isn't but people were freaking out about it for for hours acting like but and, and it's i think it's up to the media to from the beginning to make it to tell people what is normal In what isn't normal because there's a lot of things happening that are not normal right now but when everything becomes an outrage when everything becomes hyperbole and I think that causes people to their trust in the media to weaken so I think media has to be very careful to not engage in hyperbole and say this happened this is pretty normal when a new administration is taking over Um, so that when the actual outrages happen, like the outrage that is currently happening, I don't, I'm not going to get too deep into it, um, the hour, that it it, hit, it hits harder. That people are more inclined, like, well, you wanted me to be mad about this, and it wasn't even a big deal. Why should I be mad about it? And, I mean, and a lot of this, I mean, this applies directly to the rise of Donald Trump and how he, I mean... I mean if we're being honest I think there was a lot of a lot of legitimate criticism towards uh, Trump um, fell on deaf ears because for it was sort of like the boy who cried wolf in a way um, eight years of calling uh, George Bush a Nazi and a fascist and four years ago how people talked about Mitt Romney and then with Donald Trump it was like well you said that about all these other guys Um and it's not as effective and I think the media has to be careful to not do that and they have to say they have to not whip people into a frenzy basically because that gives um, it gives a lot more ammunition to the people that they're trying to hold accountable. Right.
0: It's an issue of boy crying wolf, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's exactly, that's exactly what it is. Right. I think there was um, that the real outrage is will not be taken as seriously
0: if everything is an outrage. Right. And that gets back again to the, it's that's the profit. It's 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 if, if we make this out to be a big deal, it's going to make us more money.
2: Yeah. Well, and, and and I think that there's um uh and I and I don't think that there's I mean most re- in reporters and people they are, you know, I mean, there are people who pride themselves on getting things right. And Doing reporting and, and, and speaking truth to power, and for them, I don't think it's a business thing. I think, um, I mean, higher up, yeah. There's a lot of a lot of, um, I mean, there were a lot of business decisions with with executives at, at news networks that you know make your make your stomach turn in the past election.
0: Yeah, but I wanna. I want to hammer down on this on this term, fake news, because I think it's really interesting and really complicated.
2: Fake news is is a very specific thing. And I think it's important that right. it's not not confused. Right.
0: So I think the the term, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. This is my sort of account of how this whole thing happened. Is that initially that term meant news that were clearly, obviously, it's fake. It's these like really small things that usually get shared on Facebook. It's it's fake with the intent. Of, pe- of of manipulating people, yeah, for, w- w-
2: with the intent of people seeing it and saying, "This is this is real." This and it's always, you know, I mean, I mean, and it gets it gets out there, but people people believe it, right? Um, and then
0: sometimes it's either for financial gain, probably usually for financial gain, but also probably for some people. Made, some people made a, made a lot of money writing fake news. Right. I mean. Uh, so that was the initial definition of fake news, and then I think people were uh, the, the other well, big quickly, usage. I, th-
1: I think it's important to establish the timeline here as well because the the term fake news really became started taking off about a week before the election, like right at the beginning. It of November. did because
2: well, that's when, and I mean it was go- and it was going on for a while, but then it was then that people were sort of seeing the the profound effect it was having on how people uh, were viewing viewing reality because it really became down to that like there are people who are just living i mean <laughs> this is exi- very existential but there are just people who th- their their facts are are different and there can only be one set of facts there can't be you can't have alternative facts right i, I mean it's i mean it's orwellian um but and it's also important to say what fake news is not Fake news isn't the New York Times getting a detail in a story wrong and having to correct it later. Right. That's not fake news. Fake right. news isn't an in, in, inaccuracy in a story or a story getting something wrong or or anything like that. Fake news is um, is news created with the intent to um, to written knowing it is fake to make people believe it is real and manipulate their views and, and beliefs. Right. And then the other big...
0: It's a propaganda technique. Honestly, that's what it is. It's a propaganda technique. Right. And the other big usage and of the term fake news that sort of came after that that I saw was sort of uh, even up to the Trump administration, but really just Trump supporters, maybe like, I don't know what you want to say. Like if you want to say that alt-right or maybe it was like the right or maybe it was um, whatever you want to call it. People using that term to describe mainstream, out- mainstream outlets like CNN or like Washington yeah, Post well, because they feel like they have sort of a... A hidden agenda against Donald Trump and against oh, conservatism or against the alt right. Well, well, that's that's what
2: happens with things like this. As soon as the media started, you know, saying fake news, fake news, fake news, fake news, uh, over and over again, it's like like I was saying earlier. People, very the the outrage cycle is is fast now. F- people got sick of the media saying fake news very quick, and then they quickly just decided to say that they used it. Um, they repurposed it and now and now it just doesn't mean anything they and it wasn't about it was about taking away the power of of that term and what it actually means and that so now just everything anything you see and you don't like it, it's fake anything that doesn't that does not align with your with your view of the world
0: is is fake um i think the most the the, the easiest example or one of the, the the most interesting examples to sort of talk about, we're talking about what is fake news. What what actually prompted Trump's administration to start using that term was in regard to how CNN handled the that secret document of the like dossier. Russian dossier.
2: And 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 there's an important distinction
0: between what CNN. Well, there's an important distinction between what CNN did and what BuzzFeed did.
2: Yes, very important because. And I was with CNN on this, and I did not like what BuzzFeed did.
0: Okay, so that's why I wanted to ask you was that no? I did not
2: like what BuzzFeed. No. I, well, I, I disagreed. I I saw their point of view, and I their their logic um, didn't really didn't really ring with me, um, because and this is another thing. Like I was saying before, with um, it's it's important for it's it's the role of the media. To tell you to tell you put things in context and tell you um, what it means is it normal is it un- is it abnormal um, and and make sure and it and what BuzzFeed did with 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 this dossier um, uh, and it I'm sure most of you know um, that it, uh, long and short of it is that there was uh, there was a document that was of Reports that were collected by an ex-British intelligence officer. Supposedly. um, Supposedly. Well, I think that's pretty much confirmed that this, it was compiled, but it's a lot of unsubstantiated, um, unconfirmed claims about connections between the Russian government and Donald Trump and his political campaign. Um, and,
0: and that was, and the, and the reason why like Buzzfeed thought that it was sort of relevant to, and, and the reason why CNN also it, thought it was relevant to report on was it, that it was passed around between a lot of it, like really high up people. And, in and here's the thing,
2: and I knew this existed. I mean, I knew this existed. I think Mother Jones maybe yes. wrote, wrote something about it before. And I knew, and I followed people on, on, on Twitter who were talking about things like this circulating, uh, that reporters had this information for months and months and they they didn't know what to do with it because you can't confirm any of it um, but it was when CNN learned that um, intelligence officers were briefing the president then President Obama and president-elect Trump that's when that was their story that if if this is being told to the president then you have to report and they and they and they CNN didn't they didn't say anything that was in the report that was were in those reports. Any of the lewd uh sexual content or any of the allegations about um about
0: uh, Trump. About, and,
2: about 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 Trump and, and, and secret and secret meetings. It. Yeah. And and they um and CNN didn't report, they said they're unsubstantiated, we're not reporting on it. And they basically said all we're reporting is that the president and President-elect Trump were briefed on this, and that's news, and that is important. CNN handled it very responsibly, and then Buzzfeed, because I have to assume that almost every reporter, every major outlet, had seen this or, right. or knew about this, and, and Buzzfeed just dumped the whole thing. Yeah. And their statement was, "We're putting this online because this is what CNN's talking about. These are the allegations that they're that they're referencing, and we want you to decide for yourself." and, and that's either. and that's not the role the media should not tell people should not just dump information and say decide for yourself because that was a big problem with with WikiLeaks and just dumping um emails that people were there was no context there was no um people were just seeing it and and, and coming up with seeing what they wanted to see basically
0: mm. yeah and see the thing it like in in sort of journalism circles, there was like a, a big debate. But I don't know if this was right. But I think what's important to notice is that like no one really disputes that what CNN did was right or wrong. Pretty much everybody yeah. understands what CNN C- did. was C- C- reporting. CNN's reporting was very responsible, but there was a debate. A- and, about BuzzFeed, BuzzFeed and, and
2: here's the thing, and the big and and why it was a big mistake for BuzzFeed to do that because the next day, or at, or at his press conference or whatever, Trump immediately lumped the two of them together as if they had done the same thing and. and And what CNN did was so different than what BuzzFeed did, and to use the term fake Fake news, and to use the term fake, and and use the term fake news. uh, I mean, um, to yeah, and 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 I don't agree with what uh, BuzzFeed did because, and now it's just, I mean, it's not even really. I mean, it's come and gone, and it's not even a big deal anymore because I mean, people just. Assume, but that's the thing. No one has confirmed. I mean, it's un- unsubstantiated. There's no, I mean, and a- and that's it. Should, and that's why CNN didn't? Because there's no way. There's absolutely no. There's no. Who do you talk to to confirm? You're gonna. You think you think the Kremlin just gonna gonna tell you? Like right. <laughs> they're not going to. And I I, I think run. what
0: you just described is sort of the best argument against what BuzzFeed did is that this has come and gone and no one talks about it anymore. And the reason why no one talks about it anymore is because these are just allegations that were thrown out. We had no and ability lessened, to prove it. And it
2: lessened the impact of CNN's story because CNN's story was a big deal. Yeah. BuzzFeed lessened the impact and turned it into a debate about if what they did was right or wrong. And it took the focus on what people should have been focusing on, which was that the president and the soon to be president were getting Briefed on the potential that uh, there might be that there might be compromising material that exists on our, on the next president, um, and, and and that was lost in the noise because what BuzzFeed did and BuzzFeed did it and it turned into a sensational, um, it turned into another outrage cycle basically, yeah. and it allowed and it, and it, and it gave uh, Trump a tool to discredit CNN. And what they did when they were much more responsible than buzzfeed
1: and i also think when you uh, look at sort of the outrage from the media um as a whole towards buzzfeed because i they did not have a lot of people in their corner uh like uh, reporters and journalists and no. i think a lot of it too is because uh, it really hindered anyone else's ability to dig up that story yeah. And, yeah. And, and investigate it themselves pretty much it cut it off like there's it was done that was all you can report on it now because like yeah. you said no one from the kremlin's gonna yeah, tell no, you about it that's
2: the thing you can't like you can't just have all your information and 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 just dump it you have to you have to figure out if it's if it's true it's not your job to say it's the job of the media to say this is what is true and this is what is not is true it's not the job of the media to say decide for yourself
0: um and i do want to say like you if if Folks are interested in this sort of conversation. I'd highly recommend watching the debate between um, the editor in chief of BuzzFeed, I can't remember his name, and Chuck Todd. Um, they, I think, there was they both sort of represented each side fairly, and uh, or they represented each side well. And it's really interesting. I, I, you know, frankly, I think that the the debates it's it's interesting, and, and like that you could make an argument. Their argument was that um, people knew this document existed. People at the top of government saw this they thought it was a public value to let the public see it and yeah. I know that Glenn Greenwald um, was in favor of the decision to drop it um, who was the reporter who was involved in sort of the NSA um, stuff
2: Ed, Ed Snowden right yeah um, but uh, so there,
0: it's an interesting debate I think people should look into it if they're interested in it and I recommend that uh, one debate because um, I think it sort of like represents both sides really well but,
1: yeah all right uh, I think we're you got anything else you want to talk about Are we good <sighs> Come back, John. no, no.
2: Uh, I, I, I don't really have. I don't really have anything. If you guys don't have any more questions for me, if we're running up against the, against a the clock
0: uh, here, we could
1: just be three nerds talking about journalism for the next four hours.
2: I know? want,
0: you know, I, I, could, I could, yeah, you
2: know I could have this conversation. I could have this conversation.
0: My my favorite oh, example damn. to talk about nerdy journalism. I think Ian knows what to talk about. Is I loved the conversations Ian and I had at the Globe. Ian and I talked oh, for the sev-
1: Michelle Obama. Ian piece. and I talked for <laughs>
0: several hours, and I, I'm saying this extremely literally. We talked for several hours about how. To write about Michelle Obama in a piece that Barack Obama is also in, do you say Ms. Obama to distinguish between him and her and uh, uh, Barack Obama? Do you say Michelle Obama?
1: Yeah, you can only say the first lady so many times.
0: Yeah. Do you just think of things to say instead of saying her name, like the first lady? Does she kind of become like a Voldemort figure if you keep doing that, where <laughs> you just say like the first lady uh, or yeah. the president? Do you say the president's wife, or is that sexist? Like, what? How do you? do this. We talked about this for hours and I think the conversation just we were we were like we confused ourselves more by the end of the conversation and nothing ended what up you, happening. What, we just, what, what we just did that's, Obama. Th- right? That's
1: the funny thing. Uh, we discussed it for hours and then did nothing. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> nothing.
0: They just said fully, Obama. Com- completely that's distracted how I by that's it. What So what someone could be confused and thought that Obama's quotes Michelle. Ob- See, I did it myself. Someone <laughs> could have thought that Michelle Obama's quotes were Barack Obama's the way that we wrote because we did nothing because we talked about it for hours, and we were the most confused people about it by the end of that conversation. Yeah, um, but we I did
1: not get go. Any- I
0: remember we have these discussions, and our fellow people were like, "You guys are nerds. Why are you talking about this? This is ridiculous." We're like, "No, this is very important. This is this is very important." Um, but yeah, uh, that's us. We like those conversations. Not everybody likes those conversations. Um, but John, I'll say, you know, you're hard on yourself, which is sort of a good thing because it makes you produce better work. But I think. You know, as young, fledgling Math Petrus, I was very impressed with a lot of the work you did. I was really impressed with how you handled that really controversial article. And, uh, you know, everyone makes mistakes, but you put out a good product. And um, uh, I was right and you were wrong. Oh,
2: oh, thank you uh, for the the
0: kind words. Okay. I appreciate it. I think we figured it out, folks. Um, I hope you enjoyed this um send us some, i know i did send us some juicy letters to the editor about how we did and uh yeah anything you want to say ian
2: no we're good let's get out of here yeah uh, i'd say uh bef- before i before i go i just uh would like to say um read uh be be informed um if if you can afford it <laughs> it's hard to afford uh get a, get a subscription uh to a newspaper um, and also read the work that uh, the globe is doing and what your, what your classmates are doing um, and what, how, and how appreciate how hard they work uh, to make sure that you're informed because these guys do great work. and I know everyone on the globe works really hard right I so, mean a lot and, of, and it's free you don't have to subscribe to the globe
0: right and I think that a lot of the sort of motivation of, of Ian and I doing the show is that there's a lot of conversations about like the state of journalism right now what's right and wrong and is journalism okay you know newspapers are dying and uh, the administration is not uh, the most kind uh, to media, and to what extent are they valid? Or the most uh- truthful, right? And to what extent are they truthful? To what extent are they uh, valid in their criticism? You know, all these sort of things are things that are talked about in the ether, and we um, frankly want to capitalize on that. But we also think it's really interesting, and um, we think it creates a good product, um, and we hope you agree.